0: Submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society. We call this podcast, Are You a Fan of the Dark? Hello, and welcome to Are You a Fan of the Dark? I'm Dale.
1: And I'm Jody.
0: And in this week's episode, we are revisiting Episode 3 The Tale of the Lonely Ghost. So, of course, since this is kind of a recap show, we try and remember what the episodes are about, but uh, Jody and I really don't remember much about this episode.
1: Which at this point in time is worth noting, this is not a guarantee this episode is not worth remembering. Simply that I think this is one of the more reused themes throughout all of Are You Afraid of the Dark?
0: It was such an early episode that I never really watched it when it was actually on TV, and I've probably only seen it on the DVDs.
1: So what do you remember, Dale?
0: Um, I remember really only the screen grab from it because I've been watching old 90s commercials. (laughs) And they have a lot of like um, clips from Laughing in the Dark or Tale of the Phantom Cab. And then this one, which is really weird. And all of them show this creepy little girl that's super pale with dark hair standing in a room that is covered in help me scrawled on the walls.
1: That's horrifying. Yeah,
0: a little bit. I know that it's one of those episodes where it's, I'm a kid and I'm going to visit a random relative and I have a mean cousin or whatever and they're going to make my life a little bit miserable while I solve this weird mystery.
1: This is very much a quintessential coming of age while rescuing a ghost from slavery sort of episode.
0: Yeah, probably.
1: Um, Honestly, that's about what I remember too. Uh, possibly even a lot more than I remember, to be honest. I remember the little girl... That's about it, and I remember the little ghost girl, who is just known as the lonely ghost for this episode. No. And I know
0: there's a mirror involved and, and an abandoned house.
1: This is not the dollhouse episode,
0: though. So that being said, since we don't have much to say as far as remembering this episode, let's move on to the retro sponsor of the week. Indeed. What's in Wonder Ball?
1: Who knows what surprises a Wonder Ball can hide? Yummy Nestle chocolate with candy shapes inside. Oh, I wonder, wonder what's in my Wonder Ball? Toy Story. I got Lion King, Mine's Dalmatian. Lots of candy surprises, plus a sticker. Nestle Wonder Ball. It's candy and chocolate and foil in a box. What's in your Wonderball? This episode's retro sponsor brought to you by Wonderball Minis.
0: So this was kind of a fun little find because I didn't think Wonderball was made anymore.
1: Yeah, I was a little surprised too, to be honest. Um, <laughs> it's been a long time since we've had any of these.
0: And technically this is not quite 90s, but it's the end of the 90s. And I remember watching tons of these commercials. Yeah,
1: yeah. it's hard not to have that jingle get stuck in your head. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, I
0: wonder, wonder, do, 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 wahoo. Wahoo. What's in a Wonderball?
1: Very similar to another <laughs> popular song I can think of, but... <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, a little bit. So we found these at Walgreens when we were looking for something else entirely, but, you know, kind of a happy find. But it is a box of Wonderball minis, so it's a two-pack that says it's great for sharing.
1: Ideal for the circumstances. <laughs> we
0: haven't even opened the box yet, so...
1: Yes, this is the sound of unopened Wonderballs. Clinkity-clinkity-clink.
0: <laughs> so That's
1: the freshness seal.
0: All right, so I'm opening the box, and the top just has, you know, a Disney. Is that
1: a sticker inside as well?
0: Yeah, they always come with stickers.
1: Oh, that's even cooler than I thought.
0: Ooh, we got Minnie and Mater, because they're Disney-themed, by the way.
1: Yeah, so this is a little bit more current uh, than normal. This one has a lot of the uh, newer Disney put onto it, like Finding Nemo. Excuse us, we're putting our balls into our hand to take a quick photo while we're chatting to you at this time. Uh, But Toy Story, Finding Nemo, uh, some of the newer (laughs) Disney stuff, obviously cars. Ooh, product of Chine.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No. So I'm sure that... Oil unwrapping is a very pleasant noise
1: all right and just for testing and lack of flavor seal sounds once it's unwrapped (laughs) it still works as a baby rattle
0: what's supposed to be in the wonder ball is it's this chocolate ball (laughs) jody's trying to crack open right now
1: (laughs) i win (laughs) oh Oh, I got a solid fleet of Mickeys is what I've so got. So you got
0: Mickeys, and according to the box, that's probably green apple flavor. So these are chocolate, hollow chocolate balls, and they're filled with basically, it looks like sweet tarts.
1: Uh, I'm sorry, that's Mickey animating. I have a complete mouse set in my uh, chocolate ball hat. Which
0: means if we're going by the stickers here, then I should have Cars theme. Or not, I have Toy Story. Yep, perfect. I got Woody and Buzz candies, and they're probably orange. Can't really tell.
1: They might be chocolate. I mean, strawberry.
0: That'd be really terrifying. What,
1: chocolate strawberries? Chocolate orange, I like. I don't know what chocolate strawberries would be as tasty.
0: Oh, chocolate isn't great, but that's not really surprising. I mean, it's milk chocolate. But
1: the powdered sugar is just like a low grade sweetheart. <laughs> so, uh, this hurts to go back down memory lane a little.
0: <laughs> it kind of tastes like a Flintstone vitamin.
1: Oh, you definitely got orange then.
0: <laughs> well, Oh, God. Look how thick this woody is. <laughs>
1: um <laughs> look Dale, I hate to remind you, this is a kid's show.
0: <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's fucking no. not.
1: <laughs> I'm fucking kid's show.
0: I'm not, I'm gonna take a picture of this and you'll see uh
1: Yes, we have to make it incumbent upon you to see our thick woody. You have to see the
0: thick woody, guys. Ew!
1: <laughs> I got a little chocolate cover. <laughs>
0: Gross. It's like melting in my hand. I kind of hate this.
1: <laughs> see, it's a lie. Milk chocolate does melt in your hand, not just in your mouth. So,
0: again, this is one of those products that I think... All right, here, try a
1: mini and give me a buzz. Comments you don't normally hear in life.
0: Oh, God. It doesn't smell very good. It doesn't taste like a Flintstone vitamin.
1: There are supposed to be some different flavors. Uh, The ones we have are definitely supposed to be green apple and orange.
0: Oh my god. Uh,
1: Orange is definitely a Flintstone vitamin, and green apple apparently makes Dale vomit.
0: Oh, that was nasty.
1: As I'm a trash compactor, I'll finish this.
0: Yeah, you can have that. I'm... I can't. It's so gross. I'm sorry. So, oh.
1: oh, no, you're right. This does have a bit of an aftertaste of vomit. <laughs> what the flying hell is the first two I had to that not. That's not
0: good. Um, okay, so apparently I think
1: Minnie tastes worse than Mickey.
0: This, Who knew? <laughs> this just proves that kids don't know what they like.
1: <laughs> it just proves that kids like sugar.
0: And they like really good advertising. <laughs> Because I never had a Wonderball as a kid. I don't know if they were too expensive where we just couldn't find them, or they got discontinued before I could have it, <laughs> but... I don't want the chocolate. <laughs> I don't either. It's kind of gnarly. So that was exciting.
1: <laughs> oh, memory lane, how much you betrayed me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what memory? I thought you never had it either.
1: There's a part of my childhood that remembers this and says that it's supposed to be good.
0: <laughs> That's true. It's that, that nostalgia thing. <laughs>
1: I assure you, this was a lie. <laughs>
0: I'm going to wash out the taste of that with the the rest of my Clearly Canadian that I saved from a few weeks ago.
1: Ironically, we're still drinking the same flavors.
0: Yeah, well, I like the wild cherry. Bite and
1: me. I'm good with the blackberry, so that's fine.
0: <laughs> so, ball, Not uh, so wondrous.
1: <laughs> it's very wonderful, if you're four.
0: It makes you wonder why you like it. <laughs> uh, blow, blow.
1: All right, kids. Well, that's it for our retro sponsor. Uh, don't eat this.
0: <laughs> yeah, that... I think that's the, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> resist the urge, don't do it.
1: <laughs> don't wonder anymore.
0: <laughs> All right. All now... that's in a
1: Wonder Ball is misery and pain.
0: And a sticker. Stickers are cute, I guess.
1: Oh yeah, no, sorry. If you're a collector of mini and Mater stickers, go right ahead.
0: Anyway, so let's watch the episode. <laughs> The Tale of the Lonely Ghost first premiered on August 29, 1992. It was written by Naomi Jansen and directed by DJ McHale, which is kind of important because... Miguel is the one who created the series which is why I think this particular episode had a completely different tone than what we've seen thus far
1: oh yeah no this was actually surprisingly good
0: again this is one of the early episodes it's only number three so it still has the weird opening with the (laughs) spoopy door so how this episode starts is it's another slightly strange one it begins with the kids at the campfire or on their way to the campfire Kristen the pretty girl is wandering through the woods by herself and she's all of a sudden scared
1: when she suddenly Snuck up Vaughn from the front by David <laughs> He yeah. comes to bring her a present for her birthday next week, which he won't see her.
0: Yeah, it's kind of awkward and painful to watch <laughs> because clearly he likes her and she's just kind of like, oh, okay, uh, let's go to the campfire. Do-do-do-do-do.
1: Yeah, she also only has eyes for glasses.
0: No, not really. I think even then he was hella gay. So then they get to the campfire and Frank is messing with the other kid with the really puffy hair. I forget his name. I don't know. Dumb kid. Some antics ensue. David and Kristen show up. David takes a seat at the fire. He starts introducing his tale very dramatically.
1: The tale of the lonely ghost.
0: Well, except that he's like, This is a wonderful tale. It's scary. And it's about.
1: I got that. Uh, Let's see, where is that? This is a tale of two kids that don't get along and love so strong that it can survive even death forever. My story's got to do with two kids who don't get along because they're so different from each other, and a love that is so strong it can survive anything,
0: even death forever.
1: It was a very confusing statement on that (laughs) one. Is death forever, or is the surviving death forever? Bestly, both would technically be accurate.
0: Death is very forever. (laughs) So, it opens up on the story, and it's about this girl named Amanda.
1: Amanda Cameron. For
0: her family, her family is paleontologists. I don't know. Stupid, typical 90s kids, whatever.
1: No, no. They're Inca studiers of paleontology. What? Specifically, they study Inca ruins. No. And pots. Yes, he
0: does. He said Inuit. Or that.
1: It begins with an I.
0: (laughs) It's fucking racist. (laughs) Whatever. Two very different peoples. Anyway.
1: You didn't even know they existed until I said something.
0: Her parents were conveniently able to leave her alone with somebody else. That's pretty much what it comes down to. So they leave her with her Aunt Dottie, and her Aunt Dottie is a very weird lady, very typical 90s mom.
1: And this whole intro uh, (laughs) opening, sorry, is completely filled with jump starts and scares as they, both Aunt Dottie and Amanda, jump back and forth going, huh, huh, what's that? What's this? All of it for no reason whatsoever.
0: Part of the thing is, Amanda's going to be spending the summer with her cousin Beth, who is Total just ugh. We'll get to that. But when um, She's
1: a bitch. Straight up <laughs> hardcore bitch.
0: When Amanda <laughs> shows up They pull up in front of the house and of course you get the exposition of, oh, this is our house and that house across the street. Nobody lives there.
1: Followed by Dottie jumping out of the car, freaking out, and then running over to the house to pull up a for sale sign because she's the realtor for the house and of course it hasn't been doing well on the market. Of course she tries to put the sign in and then immediately says it's like the house doesn't want to be sold as she hand sticks the sign into the ground where it just falls right back
0: over without her paying any attention. Well, she didn't do a very Good job. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> then Amanda goes into the house and she sees her cousin, who is. Uh, uh.
1: Yeah, we're, we're introduced to Beth.
0: Beth is terrible. He's She's a got the horrible, wonderful. Bitch giant bangs of doom from the early 90s and the side ponytail and she's totally talking like oh I don't care about anything I'm so cool
1: which I will say all things being considered she's probably she's an amazing actress for this role I hated her with a fiery passion and that's the only type of reaction you get from somebody who's really doing their job well
0: (laughs) yeah and she's a redhead so I'm wondering if there's like a thing where redheads are bullies in this so it's like the opposite or maybe if it was just a thing with Nickelodeon, because wasn't the kid in the previous episode a redhead? He was a ginger. Reddish strawberry. And then in Salute Your Shorts, the main bully was a redhead, but Nick.
1: Yeah, but isn't in Pete and Pete, aren't they both redheads too? Yeah. All right, Disney. Sorry, Disney. Wow, Nickelodeon, that's uh, three out of five. So far, a lot of hatred towards the redheads. <laughs>
0: redheads are mean. because they got no souls.
1: <laughs> Neither did the little girl. She took care of that at the end of the episode.
0: Notice how they kept like giving the girls nicknames that they never used again. They're like, Bethy. And they only ever say Bethy once and same thing with Mandy. That's because Aunt
1: Dottie is a weirdo.
0: She is. I think she's also obsessive compulsive because she keeps trying to straighten Amanda's clothing all the time. <laughs> and then there's a shot like way later on that has nothing to do with anything where she's like straightening her own clothes. Like, Ugh.
1: Yeah, honestly, there's a lot of little things throughout this entire episode that were really good. They gave a lot of believability to, in the very short time frame for some of these characters, it made them yeah. feel absolutely ridiculous, but still relatable.
0: Beth is a total bitch, and Amanda's trying to <laughs> be nice. that enough. <laughs> yeah, she's like, I don't think that we have to hang out one-on-one. I can hang out with your friends. And Beth is just like, no, you gotta be cool to hang.
1: You can't be a Zeb.
0: You can't be a Zeeb. Whatever the hell that is. That was
1: was not her accent at all. I know. Okay. But she does end up having two major stipulations if uh, Amanda's going to hang out. Uh, Number one, she's got to put all of the stuffed animals that normally reside on Amanda's bed back onto Amanda's bed in the morning, uh, right after Amanda gets up. Beth does not want to even know Amanda exists. And two, she has to spend the night in the creepy haunted house across the way. All of her other girlfriends did it. No, they didn't. Spoiler.
0: Well, Amanda is settling into the house. She's writing a letter to her parents or whatever, kind of in the middle of the night. I don't know why she's doing it out in the hallway, except... um, To get away from Beth. Freaking Beth probably was like, I don't want to see you. But while she's doing that, uh, somebody comes up the stairs and kind of scares the crap out of her. And
1: it's a fair reaction. She's a creepy looking lady at the time. Older woman, long black nightdress, and hair going every which direction but straight.
0: But she seems nice because she's like, oh, you must be Amanda. And as soon as she starts talking, fucking... Beth sticks her head out of the thing and she's like, oh, don't you touch her. If you touch her, don't even come in my room. Uh." So we find out that
1: the nanny, uh, we don't have any name for her, she is just Nanny. A very kind older woman who looks like the ghost at the beginning of the story, honestly, but you don't realize that's not the case.
0: Beth just keeps ragging on and on and on about poor nanny, how she's like, oh, I don't even need a nanny anymore. I wish she would just leave. (laughs) Pretty much like, I wish she would just die and go away. Like, Jesus Christ, Beth.
1: And it's kind of amusing at this point, because Beth isn't communicating with anybody in a conversation fashion. She's literally opening her door, sticking her head out into the hallway, screaming these things, and then slamming it shut. And gotta be waiting on the other side of the door for her cue. (laughs) I don't
0: fucking know. Then the next day, for some reason, Amanda is doing Beth's laundry. And as she's going down the stairs, Nanny starts coming up the stairs at the same time, and she trips and falls, and Amanda's like, oh my god, are you okay? Nanny drops what appears to be a piece of jewelry. Some sort of
1: pendant from the fact that it was pinned to her and then apparently fell on the floor but after a quick look it's maybe some sort of amulet hard to tell
0: nanny being the sweet lady that she is is like oh well i'll just i'll do beth's laundry i won't tell anybody it's like oh you're such a sweet lady and then you know fucking Beth comes rampaging through the scene Beth comes rampaging through the scene being a complete jerk face it's her and the mother in the
1: background conversing about how Beth just does not need a nanny anymore she's 16 mom gosh she's not 16 I don't care
0: (laughs) but Dottie's like yeah I wish she had somewhere else to go but she doesn't so that's why she's here which of course nanny can hear an earshot and of course that doesn't make her feel good so she goes and runs up the stairs all ashamed
1: Kind of a heartbreaking little scene, honestly. It is.
0: It's so fucking sad.
1: So smash cut to the next night. It's time for the sleepover of terror. And five girls sitting in front of this old, worn-out house, which is in surprisingly great condition. Beth is sitting there with her circle of friends over Amanda and discussing this horrors of the house.
0: Beth tells the story of the ghost. Apparently, the little girl that lived there couldn't talk. And when Amanda asks <laughs> why... why she mute? Yeah, why, why couldn't she talk? And Beth was just like, well, she just couldn't. I don't know and one of Beth's friends is like maybe she was deaf or deaf not death
1: maybe she was dead maybe she was (gasps) deaf
0: no one of Beth's friends says maybe she was deaf and Beth's like whatever and just continues with the story
1: (laughs) bitch shut up
0: yeah um so apparently this little girl was getting bullied a lot because she wasn't talking. The little girl's mother had gotten a call that the dad of the family um he was a soldier and he was in the war and he had gotten sick. So the mother of the little girl was like, "Well, I need to go take care of my husband." She sends her little girl to go with her grandmother by herself i i guess walking there and well, the mom to grandmother's house we go and the mother just goes doesn't make sure that the little girl got to grandmother's didn't tell grandmother that the little girl was coming so the little girl um on her way to grandmother's house winds up getting surrounded by a bunch of the bullies they chase her back to her own house and she winds up locking herself in her own room and the bullies don't let her out nobody knows she's stuck there the bullies just kind of leave her there and i don't know why she can't get out or whatever but she winds up dying.
1: (laughs) So it's also kind of implicated from how Beth is talking during this scene that she's bullshitting. This maybe not all of it, but most of this is made up. And the bullies in particular she references as a group of girls, basically implying her party to Amanda. A group of the girls chasing Amanda or somebody similar into this house and torturing her. So kind of giving a preview of what Amanda might go through if she doesn't live up to this initiation. She has to get into the house. She's given a flashlight and her task is to go up into the bedroom of the little girl and spend the night there where the little girl was supposed to have died.
0: They, uh, they send Amanda on her merry way and as they do, as soon as she's out of earshot, Beth is like, oh, She thinks that all of us did this once too. He hee he. Then they just go running off.
1: <laughs> Such bitches cannot stress this enough
0: although in this particular scene when she's telling this story like there was really good camera work i noticed like they must have had a crane or something because they were like circling Mm -hmm. the girls and they had that classic noise that you don't hear anymore all of these early 90s like kids scary shows where it's like weird violin
1: oh right right the the eerie background music
0: (laughs) i don't know how else to describe it i'm talking about it sounds like if you were to drag a violin bow over glass...
1: It's a very specific noise.
0: It is. I'll find it and, and splice it in here. And it know... through
1: the back of us. You'll know what line. I'm
0: talking about. And I remember that noise specifically because that's the one that would trigger me when I was really little. When I heard that noise, I would always have nightmares after. Hmm. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. All right,
1: kids. So, secondary mission for funsies. Uh, <laughs> get a copy of that and play it in the ears of your loved ones when they're sleeping. And let's see what the results are.
0: Amanda starts her mission and wanders Percent. into the house. <laughs> I mean, she has keys to get in, so she doesn't need to break in or anything. Good Just...
1: thing her aunt is the realtor for this home.
0: <laughs> Convenient. So, she goes in, and she has her flashlight. She's looking around the house. It's completely empty. Oh, yeah.
1: It is it is in pristine condition, too. It is ready for show. So, it's nice. It's quiet. It's Empty, it's clean, and she makes her way meticulously up the stairs, looking around to see if anything's there, and enters into the completely empty bedroom. And
0: everything seems pretty normal, except, you know, it's obviously worn down. It's not like it's dilapidated or anything. But while she's looking around, she hears a thumping coming from the closet.
1: I don't even know if that's what it was. uh, To me, I was half looking at the notes, but I know that she hears something. She comes in, shuts the door behind her, and sees a mirror. And gets surprised and drops yeah. the flashlight.
0: She initially heard the thumping and then she turned around and then she saw the mirror, scared the shit out of herself, and then she hears the thumping slash scratching again.
1: Right. Spooks goes to pick up the flashlight, hears the sound of something going on behind her, and turns around, written to the wall, is something.
0: Written backwards <laughs> that she notices.
1: As she looks at it and says, it's helped me, written backwards. She turns back to the mirror. It
0: shows Help Me in the mirror, and then all of a sudden...
1: Yeah, the mirror fogs for just a second, and this was so good for me, honestly. This little girl appears, and she's lit from below with some sort of almost greenish light, greenish yellow light, so she looks sickly. She looks real bad. <laughs> she, at the first glance, I always thought she looks very like puffed up, like she'd been hurt or uh, hung or bruised, and she's just... Sitting there at a slight cock to her neck, so she looks like she's damaged and obviously is not okay. Almost that typical zombie pose. Yeah. This whole run-up, this whole scene, it's so quick, and it's just so, like, oh, well, this is, what's that noise? What's, oh my god! Like, just freak out. Bam, bam, bam. So good.
0: So that scares the hell out of Amanda.
1: And, like, any logical, insane person would. She goes running, screaming out of the house at all breakneck speed possible.
0: Yep. So she runs back to her her cousin's house and goes straight into the room. When she does, Nanny is in the room next door, just kind of sticks her heads out and then goes back in her room. Then it cuts back to the campfire and all the kids are like, oh my God, what the (laughs) hell? What was that? And then they start asking, you know, the important questions that, you know, kids normally actually might not ask. But they're like, well, where was Beth? And apparently Beth was spending the night at a friend's house. And, you know, where was Dottie? Well, Dottie was working late. That means Amanda's left in the house with a lunatic?
1: (laughs) Creepy old lady. And the kids... She's not a lunatic. She's just
0: very sad. (laughs) Yeah, the kids smartly deduce that Beth was just being a jerk. There's there's nothing wrong with Nanny. She's not crazy. She's just... She's very sad.
1: (laughs) So it goes to the next day where you find out Amanda squeals, squeals hardcore. Lets Dottie know in full what had just happened last night. And Dottie says, all right, I want you and Beth to go clean up the room. I'm not happy with all of the writing on the walls and I expect it to be taken care of. I don't care who did it. I don't want to know who did it. Go fix it.
0: And of course, Beth is being a grade A cunt. About it. It's Kunt.
1: um For those of you who are more British,
0: she is like, ah, I can't believe you're making me do this. Why did you do this? You just want to get back at me because I was being mean to you. Blah, 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 blah. Amanda is. She doesn't want to go over there. She's like, there's a ghost there. I don't want to do this. Oh, God. Okay. Dottie shows them out. They get to the house. They go up to the bedroom. And while Beth is just berating Amanda and being a complete jerk face, Amanda is looking around in the room and she's kind of freaking out. And Beth is not noticing anything.
1: Yeah, Beth is so focused and screaming at Amanda that she has no attention to the circumstances. But as the camera pans around and Amanda finally gets Beth's attention, the room is revealed to be scrawled with messages of help me all over the room. All across the walls, all up the ceiling, it just everywhere. everywhere. Amanda starts to freak out again as she looks over at Mirror.
0: And freaking Beth is just like, oh my god, look what you did. I can't believe you did all of this. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: you're such a bitch you just wanted to get me in trouble
0: but in the mirror instead of it show- reflecting what's on the walls in the empty room it's now showing this full little girl's room with a bed that's covered in stuffed animals and dolls and it's really pretty
1: beth being the righteous mm-hmm, this Asshole. She is uh immediately goes oh my god this is even more nice than my room and goes Right into the mirror, while Amanda tries to scream reason behind her, going, Beth, no! Yeah, no. Conface does not listen whatsoever. (laughs) She is right on into that room.
0: She just walks right through it like it was nothing. It's a portal to another world. Not even going to think about it.
1: (laughs) And right as she does, the lonely ghost walks right back out. Oh, so horrifying again. (laughs) Such a a good shot once more. Just straight out of a silvery portal type of walk. She comes through and Amanda rightfully freaks once more and tries to get out, but the door won't open.
0: The ghost is just kind of stalking towards her with her hand outstretched. Freaking Amanda is just screaming bloody murder. I think you see Beth for like two seconds saying like she can't get out and she's like pounding on the glass. And the ghost keeps stalking towards Amanda. Amanda's just closing her eyes and like kind of squishing up against the door trying to get out. (laughs) Nothing is happening. Even when she's all scrawled up in this little ball and then she finally opens her eyes and looks up. The ghost is just standing there with her arm outstretched with something in her hand.
1: In the daylight the ghost is considerably less horrifying. In fact, she's Freaking adorable. Whatever actress they had for this ghost is just stupid cute. But in
0: her hand, is that a locket? Amanda reaches out and looks at it and there's a picture that's Nanny. It is half of a locket showing just Nanny. Amanda quickly realizes Nanny
1: had something like this. Is Nanny your mother?
0: And the little girl is so cute. She's like shaking her head. Yes, yes, yes.
1: She see this little bright smile on her face.
0: Amanda is trying to talk to her a little more, and the little girl just kind of goes around her and starts writing on the wall in the correct way, not backwards, and she writes, Help me.
1: Because she's not in the mirror this time. And Amanda says, oh, uh, I can help you. I can help you. I'll go get your mother. I'll go get Nanny. I'll go get Nanny. Just open the door. Please open the door.
0: So the little girl commands the door open. Amanda immediately bolts, but she has the locket. So she goes and runs back to the house to go and try and find Nanny.
1: This is where we do have that cut scene of Beth screaming in the mirror, Amanda, you've got to let me out. Please let me out. Just to remind you that she's still in there. Yeah. (laughs) Whatever there is. She's not out yet. Yep.
0: Whatever the hell it is. <laughs> Amanda goes back to the house. She's running all over the house trying to find Nanny. She can't find her. She runs upstairs. Nanny's not in her room. She's not in Beth's room. She looks out the window. She sees that Nanny is getting ready to get into a taxi. She's like, oh my god, no! And so she runs downstairs and she goes and she grabs Nanny.
1: Just before Nanny jumps into a cab to go off to who knows Wherever. where. She's Away, like,
0: she's like, I'm not wanted here. I don't have a place here. Amanda keeps trying to tell her, no, you do, you do. There's there's something important for you here.
1: You are wanted. And at that point, she takes the locket she has, matches it to the other half of the locket that Nanny is wearing on top of her blazer.
0: She's wearing it like a brooch. She immediately recognizes it, and she's like, oh my god, where did you get this?
1: And at that point, Amanda starts leading her back to the house. As they go, Nanny is just horror-stricken, obviously deeply upset about whatever has occurred here in the house that we're still not actually sure uh, the circumstances of.
0: Not clearly, anyway. She just says that it has bad memories.
1: Right, but she does not want to be there. She's crying the entire time. She's deeply upset. Amanda continues to drag her all the way upstairs.
0: They get up to the bedroom, and they go in, and the ghost is still there.
1: Oh, yeah, she swapped places. Yeah. There's only one person that has to be stuck in that other room. <laughs>
0: <laughs> as soon as Nanny sees the little girl, she just falls to her knees. Like, she's she's simultaneously sad and happy at the same time.
1: Yeah, she says, I'm sorry. I didn't realize you were here. I could have seen you this entire time. She would have been there for her little girl. Loved her very obviously but just had no idea she was stuck.
0: And the little girl still doesn't say anything.
1: Well, she's mute. That that part is probably correct. The little girl gestures back to the mirror. We see once more uh, the room with all the dolls. Nanny says, of course. I'll happily follow you there. I'll join you. And the two walk into the room.
0: Nanny looks just absolutely happy. She hands her purse to Amanda. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Here, take it. I don't need it.
0: (laughs) And the little girl leads her by the hand through the mirror.
1: And into death.
0: Yeah, I know. I'm sitting there (laughs) like, uh... (laughs) Did Danny just die? Is that what this euphemism is?
1: Yep. (laughs) Uh,
0: And then the, the shot angles away from the the bed of dolls to the doorway of the room now. And instead of seeing Amanda reflected, you see the mother and child now. The mother is, you know, young again and the daughter is alive.
1: Although they probably looked several years ago when they were actually in the correct time frame uh, for the little girl to be alive.
0: Hugging and being cute.
1: And then it cuts scenes as the camera pans back towards the right and you see... Going back towards the bed, a scene of Beth still stuck in the mirror, (laughs) saying,
0: Help me, Amanda! (laughs) Screaming
1: at it before the mirror goes dark.
0: And then it shows the room again, the empty room. I think all the writing's gone.
1: We do hear a thump followed by the sound of a door opening uh, very shortly after that. Beth is screaming from the other side of air quotations, the mirror, pleading for Amanda to help get her out. Which Amanda does, under certain stipulations, making sure that Beth is sad for what she has done to Amanda, and that she will never do it again. Because
0: right then, (laughs) all of Beth's friends like walk into the room?
1: They let it slip after this scene that they had gone to Aunt Dottie to find out where Beth was. That she was on cleaning patrol over at the house. So of course all of them had snuck over because everyone knows the house isn't actually haunted. To go help Beth out.
0: Beth is pleading and begging and being like, please let me out. And Amanda's like, well...
1: Are you sorry for what you've done to me? Are you sorry for how you've treated your friends? Are the two stipulations she gives her. Um, And as Beth answers sobbingly yes to both of those circumstances, Beth's friends gather closely behind Amanda. Amanda opens the closet where the mirror's been residing, and Beth tumbles out from behind the door.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and her friends are like, there's going to be some changes around here, Beth. That's... The end of the story. So it coats back to the campfire.
1: Everyone dutifully impressed.
0: (laughs) Yep. And David, you know, is like, and Amanda had a great rest of the summer. She even let Beth hang out with everyone. They quickly end the meeting.
1: And it goes back to Dave and...
0: Kristen. Blondie.
1: David reminds Blondie of her present, which she quickly opens up to reveal, by Jove, that's exactly the same type of gold
0: locket yep. that was
1: in the story. She
0: puts it on and she's how does it look? Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> she's like... I'll think of you whenever I wear it, forever. Just like death. (laughs) Yeah, and then the episode ends and they walk off into the woods. (laughs) I don't know where they're going with that because I don't think there's like a romantic thread with them through the rest of the series. I could be wrong.
1: I'm pretty sure it really is actually between him and Ross trying to buy for her attention. You mean Gary? I could mean Gary. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Ross is the actor's name.
1: I'm sure Ross is not actually vying for her attention. <laughs>
0: He's definitely not. <laughs> He's got a pretty young man in his bed.
1: <laughs> Closing points. I loved this episode. This was so good. Seriously, the the camera work, the scene changes, the just the pacing of this story was really spot on. The mirror that they used in this was really its own entity. Uh, the just the way that they were able to make use of both the reflections in and out of the mirror was really damn good. This is probably some of the better like shots of uh, four using a mirror with people behind it and in it and still maintaining those reflections that I've seen in a long time, honestly outside of I think Phantom of the Opera. Uh, but I was very impressed with this episode. This has been heads and heels uh over the other two for me.
0: <laughs> yeah, compare this to Phantom Cab and it's like hmm, this is probably why people like the series. Episodes like this. Yeah, and not Phantom <laughs> Cab.
1: Yeah, and I actually find that funny, too, because I know um, uh, Tale of Laughing in the Dark was, uh, actually is, like the big signature episode for Are You Afraid of the Dark? I thought this was much better. The little girl in this, so cute. She's just super adorable. She is a horror. A mind-numbing, terror-inducing horror. (laughs) When she first shows up. Period. The fact that she's snuggly and adorable does not make it better. She just willingly influenced another person to walk into death with her as if it was no thing. She could have held on to Beth as if it was no thing. She was able to transverse other people into her own little pocket dimension like it was nothing. She is frightening.
0: <laughs> she's not going to hurt her mother. Mother is gone God in the eyes, eyes of, of a, a child. child.
1: <laughs> I mean, I could have, it would have taken two, three little changes to make this such a darker tale. Uh, Don't let that out. Or like that, that alone would have been this just an absolutely horrifying tale. And I would have been so okay with that. (laughs) And I think they were thinking about it too, but they decided to end on a happy note because somebody in there was just like, yeah, let's do that.
0: Got to get no. back at those redheaded bullies. No,
1: we got to let Beth out. We <laughs> won't be able to do this. That's going to make it too horrifying for a kid's show. Okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think that's I think that's what Mikhail was going for, honestly, because from the interviews that I've read that he did, he really did want it to be a darker show. Yeah. And he directed this episode, so I think he went along with more of the themes that he really wanted to go with, and he had to make some concessions, like, you know, letting the main asshole live. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. I would have been okay with her dying. Me, as a much older person now. I don't know how I would have felt about it at that time point. But going back on this, oh, so good. I I love this episode. This was really, really good. Yeah,
0: I liked it a lot. I don't remember seeing this one while it was airing. Uh, if I had, it probably would have given me nightmares, because I was a very impressionable young child, and I used to be afraid of ghosts.
1: I do remember seeing this. I just didn't remember it at the yeah. time, which probably means that it just was needing a little bit more refined intelligence.
0: <laughs> yeah, this is one of the more difficult to grasp ones for children, I think, because there are a lot of like subtle themes to it that a kid wouldn't pick up on. Like, why is this woman so sad with Nanny? Yeah. It's, you know, just... This sad old lady. Yeah, most kids are going to think, "Oh, she's just crazy, and she won't leave."
1: Or just creepy, and you don't know yeah, why. It's
0: the same complex, like in Home Alone, that that Kevin has, where you just don't trust old people. I guess. <laughs> Generally. Or even impact that bullying can have on somebody to the point where they can die from it.
1: Which again, <laughs> just the fact that the bully, Beth, telling Amanda, the victim, how they are going to torture her if they if she doesn't do what they want. What more direct cause and effect can you desire? But you're right, I don't think that's a thing that you necessarily have understood fully as a, as a child.
0: So, all in all, that was a, a pretty good episode. I'd say that's, that's one of the few tens... Because it was so well written.
1: Uh, I would give this a solid 10 out of 10. I would have been okay with this being a lot more horrifying, and it would have taken nothing to change it to that completely with how this was written already. Like I said, Leave Beth in the Mirror, 11 out of 10. Perfect story.
0: All right, and we'll move on to this week's Recommended Screaming. For this week's Recommended Screaming, if you couldn't tell from that little tidbit that I had earlier... I am going to recommend Silent Hill. Da-na-na. I would recommend specifically in this case, the 2006 movie. I mean, you could go for the whole franchise if you really wanted to, or very specifically the very first Silent Hill. It's not as closely tied as the movie is. I'm personally <laughs> a huge fan of Silent Hill. Huge. Right, Jody?
1: <laughs> I could not tell. As I look over at the Silent Hill posters on the wall, the Pyramid Head plushie, and of course the uh, Pyramid Head head dress. The hat that I
0: made for my Lolita Pyramid Head. I lost my mind when I got to meet Akira Yamaoka. You know, just kind of a big super fan of Silent Hill. And honestly, the reason why I became a fan of Silent Hill is because of the 2006 movie. I'm not going to say it's a good movie, because it's not.
1: No. No, it's really not, but.
0: <laughs> it's got some really cool special effects in it. It's got a pleasant amount of mindfuckery. But the reason that I'm recommending it to go along with this is because it's the same kind of general story. Once you get into the meat of it, I mean, if you haven't seen Silent Hill, I'm sorry, I'm going to spoil some shit for you. Go watch it. (laughs) And shame on you. Go watch it. (laughs) Yeah, it's been like 12 years. But when you get to the meat of the story, it comes down to a little girl that's reaching out for help. And in this case, in Silent Hill, it's Alessa Gillespie. And she's in all this pain. She's been tortured. And bullied. And all she wants is is her mother. That's kind of what's going on with this little girl in The Lonely Ghost. There's even a locket in there um, because crazy cat lady Dahlia from the movie has a locket where she's like, you have her, you have my daughter because it's complicated, but if you've seen it, you know, Rose is the main uh, heroine and she adopts this little girl that originally came from Silent Hill. Turns out that the little girl is Alessa. Alessa went through some shit. Yeah, it's... Really mind fucky. But what it comes down to is a little girl was in a lot of pain because she was tortured and she was reaching out for help from her mother. All she wanted was her mother. She's also kind of a creepy ghost in her own way.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, uh-huh. She's a very creepy ghost. And that's, again, one of the reasons I personally like this a lot as a comparison between both this episode and the movie. The episode is if the ghost is kind of nice and not necessarily really going to want to hurt you.
0: I'm not going to want to murder you with barbed wire. The...
1: <laughs> the Silent Hill movie is very much what could have happened if the little girl ghost went the opposite way. <laughs> Character reference, small little child smiling at you as she invites you into her own little pocket dimension to play with her forever uh, in small little childlike games for the first ghost, to the second ghost where she tears somebody in half via barbed wire and dances uh, underneath the, in the <laughs> in spray the blood of blood and, and entrails.
0: <laughs> I love Silent uh, Hill. <laughs>
1: Both are a good time for the little girl, not necessarily so much for you, uh, depending on the circumstance.
0: Silent Hill, 2006 movie, mystery, little girl ghost, looking for help. Pretty much the same, (laughs) except without murder.
1: (laughs) The key components here.
0: (laughs) That's it for this week's episode. I declare this meeting of the Midnight Society closed. Feel free to email us at areyouafanofthedark at hotmail.com. Are you a fan of the dark is all one word. You can also visit us at Are You a Fan of the Dark Pod on Facebook, and we also have our Midnight Society Fan Club where you can submit your own memories or even just comments about Are You Afraid of the Dark? And you can visit our show notes at midnightsocietyfan.club.